0: what's up everybody welcome back to the casual big 10 podcast today is what is today Sunday November 12th 2023 my name is Kent Peterson I am the host of this show and on today's show gonna wrap up week 11 of the big 10 college football action who won who lost who was disappointing and who was great This weekend, we're going to talk about all that and more coming up on today's show. But before we get to all that, this week, we have Wednesday, kickstart episode. We'll talk about week 12. It's getting down to the nitty gritty. We need to find out who's going to go to the Big Ten Championship. And I think we're narrowing it down to about, I mean, at this point, it's like three teams, right? Iowa's definitely going to win the West at this point. And uh, it's going to be Ohio State or Michigan. It's a it's a lot less exciting than it was last year. Felt like in the West last year, um, like this even the last two weeks of the season, we didn't really know what was going to happen and who was going to go to Indianapolis. So a little less exciting. I feel like Iowa's kind of got it locked up. I know technically they don't like for sure have it locked up, but um, you know it does feel like it's kind of over at this point. Um, in the East, like I said. Michigan, Ohio State, they're kind of on a collision course. If they can get past their next two games, then uh obviously it's going to be whoever wins that game goes for the East and it's going to be a great game. The game is going to be a great game this year. I can't wait for it. On Friday we'll have Bet Big with B1G Wilson and Bet Big Brad. Excited to have those guys back. We only got two more weeks. We're going to do the last two weeks of the season, and I think we're going to do a full like bowl game episode once those are all announced and the lines are out for that. And that'll be like our final picks for the year. Um, don't know if we're going to add a national championship game in the picks. I guess if it's close, we have to, right? If it's close and like either Ohio State or Michigan are in the national championship, it's got to come down to that last pick, right? Um, got some teams this week that confirmed their over-under win total. Like, it's over now. I think Michigan State was one of them. They had to win out, and they did not win out. Obviously, they played Ohio State this weekend, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But let's get into these games. Our first game are the noon games, or our first games are the noon games, I should say. We got Illinois and Indiana first. Illinois gets the 48 to 45 victory. I believe the over-under for this game going into it was 44 and a half. They both covered the over-under by themselves. I mean, 48 to 45. I don't think anyone expected this going into this game. So much scoring. You have uh, Soresby from Indiana. He had three touchdowns and a pick. And then, of course, John Paddock. Don't forget the name. John Paddock. Luke Altmaier, do we need you? I don't know. Maybe not. Because Paddock came in, threw for 507 yards. Unbelievable performance from John Paddock. Um, Isaiah Williams was the recipient of many of those yards. In fact, like two fifths of them, 200 yards for Isaiah Williams, two touchdowns, uh, Bryant caught a touchdown, Washington caught a touchdown. It was like, it felt like everyone was getting involved for Illinois. And it was just such a, uh, like I said, a game that I didn't really expect a shootout in this Indiana, Illinois game. And I missed some of the middle part of it because I had to relocate. I tweeted this, had to relocate in the middle of these noon games. And the place that I went to only had the Michigan-Penn State game on, so I have a little bit more to talk about with that one. Uh, but great win for Illinois. Like I said, technically still alive in the West. They need Iowa to lose their last two games. And uh, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, let me just double-check this right quick. I think Illinois plays them next week. They do. So uh, I guess a little bit of like control of their own destiny because they have to they have to be Iowa, but then they're going to have to win their last game um, and then of course, hope that Iowa loses their last game. And I I, I just don't see it happening. I know Illinois's been up and down this year. The Iowa defense for them next year or next year next week is going to be really tough. I don't see Paddock throwing for 500 yards next week. I just don't see that in the cards for them. Um, if you're an Indiana fan tough loss tough loss kids have been playing really hard for Tom Allen I've been campaigning for the last few weeks not for Tom Allen to keep his job but just for like a consideration can we think about it can we think about it until we end the season Um, I mean it's funny because next week they have a really great matchup. I say great matchup the two worst teams in the Big Ten they're playing Michigan State next week but That game could go either way. Indiana beat them last year. I don't know if that's kind of some motivation for Michigan State to possibly get this win, but I don't know. And then they finish with Purdue. I mean, talk about a team that I could not figure out. Purdue. I don't know who wins that game. I mean, if you ask me going into this week, who's going to win that game, Indiana or Purdue, I'd say Indiana, I think. Playing a little bit harder. Defense has been playing tough. Purdue can't score. And then, uh, we get what we get this weekend from Purdue. And now I don't know what to think. I don't, I don't know what's going on with that one. All right. Our next game didn't have eyes on this one very much at all because uh, just because I could only have two games on at my house. And then, like I said, relocate. And I, that this was not a game that the, the company I was keeping at the next house that I went to cared about at all until there was 30 seconds left. So I literally caught the last three plays of this game. I think there was two run plays and then the field goal from Maryland, 13 to 10 win for Maryland uh, against Nebraska at Nebraska. This is a tough loss for them because even though they're kind of out, of they're definitely out of it now, but they were still involved in the West conversation a little bit. I mean, I, I could say that about six of the seven teams that were in the West, everyone was involved going into this weekend. Everyone still had a shot. If you follow me on Twitter, I posted the flow chart for six of those seven teams, like I said, and what they would have to do to get to Indianapolis this year. And uh, most of it involved Iowa losing, if not all three of their games, at least two of them. And now that Iowa won this week, it kind of puts things out of reach, especially for a team like Nebraska. Um, Five turnovers in this game for Nebraska. I mean... This is the this has been the story for their offense all year. They cannot hold on to the ball. And th- a a very winnable game for them. Going into the season, I would have said Maryland gonna probably crush Nebraska. Maybe if Nebraska figures some things out with Matt Rule, this could be a closer game. It ended up being a close game. But especially based on what happened the first five games of the year. Maryland looked like they were kind of rolling. I would have been like, man, Nebraska's got no shot. So going into this game, they did have a shot. Nebraska did. They got to hang on to the freaking ball. They can't do it, though. They just can't do it. Uh, Jeff Sims was in. Harburg was in. I didn't even see this kid, Purdy. I don't even know his first name. C. Purdy? He was in as well. All of them threw interceptions. Sims threw two. Purdy threw one. Harburg threw one. Uh, a total of 86 yards passing. I mean, that's not going to get it done at home against a Maryland team. I mean, even a bad Maryland team, clearly, because this has been a bad Maryland team the last four weeks. Lost their last four games. Haven't won a game since they played Ohio. I mean, they lost to Ohio State since before the Ohio State game. I don't even know who they played before that. But Ohio State really broke this team. Once they played Ohio State, Maryland has not been able to find a win. I I still at this point don't predict Maryland to like kind of right the ship for their last two games let's look at their last two games real quick because I'm not really positive who it is I think it's I think it's Rutgers okay so it's Michigan next week yikes and then at Rutgers man I don't know I don't think they can win either one of those games you're barely beating Nebraska and you want to go play you're definitely not going to beat Michigan next week unless something outrageous happens um, and then even Rutgers, I don't know, man, both of these teams, Rutgers versus Maryland, that's not really a game I'm interested in anymore. In the middle of the season, I was. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a good game. Maryland, Rutgers, both playing good, both competing in the East. They're obviously not going to go to the Big Ten Championship or anything like that. I know I'm maybe talking about that too much, but now I'm thinking Rutgers, their last six games, their their two wins were... Michigan State and Indiana, the worst teams in the Big Ten. So I don't even know if I care about that game now. It's going to have no implications on uh, bowls because uh, Maryland's already in a bowl. Rutgers is already in a bowl. So I don't really know who's getting hyped for that last game at Rutgers. Maybe the home team, I give them the edge. So uh, obviously like two weeks out, I'm not going to make a pick right now. But if I did, it'd be Rutgers because they're at home. I guess I'll just say it like that. All right, the big game this weekend, the big noon game, it was Michigan- it was Penn State. Great game. Just a fantastic game. A couple teams that they were on a collision course this whole year for putting on kind of a classic. And really, this game was never out of hand for Penn State, like Michigan has done to other opponents all year. It's When when you've watched Michigan, and I, I know they haven't played the best schedule ever, but most of their games this year it's been over in the second quarter, maybe a little bit into the third, sometimes even the first quarter, like the Nebraska game they played. I mean, this was never out of hand, though. Penn State was within a score with three minutes left, four minutes left, five minutes left, times like that. They were still, they still had a chance to get stops and go down and score and tie it up. Now, it was eight points because of some questionable uh, two-point conversion attempts I say attempts, just one attempt that uh, James Franklin decided to go for in the first half. I didn't hate the call. Um, James kind of explained it after the game that points were going to be hard to come by, and they were. They only scored 15 points this game. So I didn't hate that they went for two, especially because it would have put them within three at the time. But uh, it's a long game, though. From that other perspective, it's a long game. It's only the second quarter. Maybe just take the extra point and see what happens in the second half. You're at home. Maybe Michigan stumbles. Maybe Michigan fumbles, and get, you get a turnover. And uh, I, I don't know. You could question that call all day if you want to, but in the end, that one point really didn't have an impact on the game. Michigan wins the game 24-15. to 15. J.J. McCarthy, for the first time all year, was really neutralized. And I, I don't say that meaning that the Penn State defense neutralized him. He didn't throw the ball. After the second quarter, the entire second half, Michigan ran the ball. Blake Corum, 145 yards, two touchdowns. Donovan Edwards, 52 yards and one touchdown. That one-two punch was enough to get the job done in the second half against Penn State. Um, Really surprised, though, that Penn State, I thought they, like, if you were watching the game, they had the vibe that, like, Penn State was kind of keying in on the run. It's something that other teams have done to Michigan this year. Um, i'm thinking of like the Mich- uh, michigan state game um even like the um rutgers game it felt like they were kind of keying in on the run and letting jj do what he wanted to but he didn't have to do anything in the second half of this game they were picking up first downs uh blake Corum had like a 30 yard touchdown run uh donovan edwards had a 12 yard touchdown run so they were breaking enough that jj didn't really have to do anything uh like i said Big win for Michigan. This was one of the biggest three games of the year. It was Michigan versus Penn State. It was Michigan versus Ohio State, and it was Ohio State versus Penn State. Both Ohio State and Michigan took care of business. So now we're at the point where that game at the end of the year is really going to be, like I said, the game. It's going to determine who goes from the East, and it's going to uh, probably have playoff implications because I said this a couple weeks weeks ago, which, by the way, didn't even mention this, but Jim Harbaugh got suspended. He wasn't there. (laughs) Probably should have talked about that at the beginning. I don't care to talk about it anymore. I feel like if you don't know enough about the uh, Jim Harbaugh situation at this point, you're either not online at all. You're not coming to this podcast to figure out what's going on with Jim Harbaugh. He got suspended on Friday. This was after we recorded our Bet Big episode, so we didn't talk about it on there. Not going to talk about it much on here. He might be back for the Maryland game. He might be back for the Ohio State game. I'm not sure yet to me, it doesn't really matter. He gets to coach all week and he just can't be there for the games. Put your game plan in. Let, uh, what is it? Sharon Moore, I think was his name, the head coach for this past weekend, or let Mike Hart or whoever is going to be for the next weeks, um, be the head coach and, and, uh, put your game plan in that you've put in throughout the week is basically what I'm trying to get at. Um, Michigan, Ohio State, both still undefeated. That's kind of a spoiler. It's not really a spoiler. Everybody knows it at this point. Um, so the game at the end of the year is going to be huge, like I said. Uh, enough talking about Michigan and Penn State. Great game, though. Really fun game to watch. Really fun game in the afternoon. My time zone starts at 11 a.m., so I'm drinking a beer at 10.15 getting ready for that game. That was pretty fun. That was pretty fun. All right, we got Minnesota and Purdue. Probably, for me at least, the most talked about game game on Twitter after my power rankings came out, which is fine uh Purdue gets the giant if you're a Purdue fan giant giant victory 49 to 30. Hudson card Ethan Kalika Manis similar stats uh three touchdowns card had 251 uh, Kalika Manis had 292. The difference in this game though was Minnesota's inability to stop the run. Every time I looked up at the screen for this game, it felt like Devin Mockaby was getting loose. It felt like Tyrone Tracy was getting loose for Purdue. It even felt like those guys were coming out of the backfield and making catches. <coughs> Excuse me. So Minnesota not being able to stop the guys in the backfield was really disappointing if you're a Golden Gophers fan because uh, that's, that's what the difference was in the game. The passing was great from both sides, I thought. Like I said, three touchdowns from each quarterback, um, but it just it just felt like Minnesota has, has gotten to the point where I, it almost looked like they were confused when Purdue was running. Like, oh my God, they're actually about to run it right now, and the passing game and Hudson Card playing so well really opened up things for the rushing attack. There was one play in the, I believe it was second quarter. Somebody tweeted out a picture of this. It was hilarious. It looked like uh, Minnesota was covering a punt, but really it was just a wide-open touchdown pass from Hudson Card. I think it was to uh, Burks. I think it was to Burks. That might have been the one. No, Tracy didn't score that touchdown. He just had a long catch. I can't remember. It might have been Sheffield. Actually, I think it was Sheffield, now that I'm looking at the box score here. I think it was Sheffield. He He got loose behind the defensive backfield, and he was so wide open that he turned his back to the end zone And almost was looking up at the ball like he was fielding a punt. But really, he was just a pass play. Uh, Funny tweet. Whoever tweeted that out. I can't remember who it was. Um, But like I said, Purdue gets the uh, win. That's their third win of the year. Not impressed. Not impressed. Minnesota is not that good. Not that good. And the reason why I said it was talked about so much is because and I'm not going to get too far into this because people accuse me of, like, getting in my feelings about the power rankings, which it happens on Twitter and it happened on YouTube a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't give a shit where people are ranked in the power rankings. I spend very little time talking about it, but really upset folks that Purdue was so low in the power rankings, really not understanding that they have been ass pretty much all year. And then you get one 19 point victory, which is great, but it's against Minnesota, who's also not very good. And uh, all of a sudden, you're first in the Big Ten. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know what people are thinking. I don't really care. I don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Good win for Purdue. Uh, b- another bad loss for Minnesota. That's back to back weeks that they just can't find a win when it seems like they should. A team that can find wins, it seems like every week when they should, is Northwestern. The five and five. David Braun, brains and Braun. David Braun led Wildcats get the 24 to 10 victory at Wisconsin. At Wisconsin. Who had Northwestern winning five games this year? I'm curious. I thought they were going to win four, and that was crazy. They're at five right now, they still play Purdue. They still play, I think it's, is it Illinois? Let me just double check. No, they played Illinois, didn't they? No, it's Illinois. Look at that. I'm smart. They still play Purdue. They still play Illinois. The Purdue game next week is at home. It's at noon, Ryan Field. Winnable game again. They might could get to six or seven wins, which absolutely nobody, even the most optimistic Northwestern uh, fans or analysts or Uh, random podcasters like myself, even those people would not say that six or seven wins was possible this year. It's still possible. It's still possible. In fact, I like them to win this game against Purdue next week. I like them to win at home against Purdue. What do we have from uh, Northwestern? We got Ben Bryant. He was back. 195, two touchdowns. Wisconsin. Really, uh, I made a lot of excuses for Wisconsin last week. They were missing Braylon Allen. They were missing uh, Tanner Mordecai and they were missing Shamir DK. This week, they those guys all played. Now, they didn't play very much. Braylon Allen only had three attempts. Shamir DK was only targeted one time. But Tanner Mordecai was in the game. He had, what did he have? That's his rushing attempts. He played the whole game. He was the only quarterback that played for Wisconsin. So you have your, your starting quarterback back. You're back at home. You really have no excuses at this point. Northwestern switching back and forth. Do we want Sullivan in? Been playing pretty good this year. Or are we going to put our regular starter back in? I don't think it would have mattered. I really don't think it would. Excuse me. I need a drink right now, and I don't have one. I really don't think it would have mattered. I think if Brendan Sullivan played this game, they still win. They might have won by more. In fact, he's been playing pretty good lately. But Ben Bryant comes in. They win the game. Cam Porter 18 attempts, 72 yards. They had a lot of guys rushing the ball. A.J. Henning, you guys know how electric he is. He had four attempts. He had four targets, three receptions, 70 yards, a touchdown. And the the story of this game was really, like I said, I'm going to go back to Twitter afterwards. Almost every, I'm not going to say every player, because I don't follow every Northwestern player, but the significant Northwestern players that I do follow on Twitter all quote tweeting the victory uh announcement from Northwestern football and hashtagging what is it called? Remove the tag. So they want everybody wants to remove the tag for David Braun. And uh I just gotta say something real quick. Y'all are late. Players, even you guys are late. I called for a lifetime contract. I know that was kind of a joke, but I've been talking about how David Braun needs to be signed, extended, uh put into a bubble for the rest of his life at Northwestern, because this is the guy for the job. It's, uh, it's kind of wild to me that the Northwestern administration has not done it yet. Um, I know that some people have uh, replied to me and said, we don't know what he's going to do with recruiting. These are all, uh, Pat's guys still listen, man. If, if he came into my living room and was recruiting my son and I was a, I was any sort of a knowledgeable football fan at all and said a lot of people said we weren't going to win a game last year and we won 5. Like think about what we could do if we can get some good players in here. I think that David Braun can recruit just fine. I think he'll be just fine. If you if if your only argument is that we're not sure how David Braun is going to recruit, let me take you back to August When a bunch of people were saying, we're not sure how David Braun is going to coach. How'd that work out? Pretty good. Pretty good. He's coaching pretty well. So I think that he could recruit just fine. I think he'll be just fine. I think he needs to just sign on the dotted line. And they need to keep him at Northwestern for as long as possible. Look at their history, man. Who? I can't get any any more excited about it. David Braun, been on your side for like five weeks, brother. Go get that contract. All right. Two more games left. Not much to talk about because there wasn't much scoring from the losing team on these last two games. We have Iowa. We have Rutgers. Iowa, what else can I say about them? Um, Their defense keeps them in every game. This game was actually a little bit closer than the final score, which, by the way, was 22, which is also Iowa's ranking. 22-0. Uh, Rutgers couldn't manage to get any points at all. They had 93 passing yards. They had 34 rushing yards. Embarrassing. Iowa, on the flip side, 402, all or I shouldn't say all-purpose yards, but 402 offensive yards. Deacon Hill, 223, a touchdown, one pick. LaShawn Williams, 63 yards. Uh, I'm trying to see who else I should even mention on here. Who else should I even mention? Caleb Johnson. 54 yards those guys both had double digit attempts patterson was back these guys have all these guys have all been i mean technically all of these guys have been the starting running back for iowa at one point in the season and they're not right i don't know about patterson actually uh patterson double digit attempts they all had over 50 yards rushing um i'm not surprised at this game at all i'm actually kind of the only thing i'm really surprised at is iowa scoring 22 but like i said uh two of the was it two of those touchdowns three of their scores so two touchdowns and a field goal were all in the fourth quarter we went into the fourth quarter of this game it was six to zero that's what I was expecting and then uh once Rutgers gave up that first touchdown uh to Patterson there it just felt like it felt like Maybe the wind is out of their sails. They're not going to be able to keep this game close for any longer. They're not going to be able to score. So it's over. That's what it felt like from Rutgers. I don't know. That's just what I was thinking. Um, good win for Iowa. Like I said, basically locked up the West at this point. They technically have to win. I mean, I talked about all the teams that are like relying on Iowa to lose their last two games, but they have tiebreakers on some people now that are still involved, even if they lose their last two games. And uh, I, I, I also just don't think they're going to lose their last two games. So I don't think it's really going to matter. I mean, do you, do you see Iowa with this defense, and even the way that their offense has looked a tiny bit better? Is that a word? Tiny bit better? Do you think that they're going to lose to Illinois and Nebraska? Hmm? I don't. I don't think they're going to... I mean, you could just win one game, Nebraska. Boom. They're in. And uh, then they're on their way to... Uh, not, that's a nine-win season. If they could also beat Illinois next week at home, then ten-win season, which some of us predicted. I'm, I'm some of us. All right, last game of the season. G- great season, by the way, so far for Iowa. Man, I know that they've been getting a lot of flack, like Brian Ferentz, um not being able to call plays on offense and... Kurt Ferentz and nepotism and everything else has been going. I mean, I shouldn't say everything else. There's really been nothing else going on at Iowa. Their best, their, their quarterback that they were relying on. Cade McNamara gets hurt early in the season, midway through the season early. And they have a guy that they were not expecting to start Deacon Hill and they continue to win. They continue to get stops really I mean, I'm not gonna talk about that anymore. They Minnesota beat them, but I mean, it was it was a game that maybe they Iowa should have won that game too. They could have been eleven and one this year. Then we're talking about college football playoffs. Right? Or no? Am I getting crazy now? I might be getting a little bit crazy. I'm pulling up my power rankings for the last part. Because I'm not gonna talk about this game for long. Uh Michigan State versus Ohio State. Ohio State thirty eight. victory at home against the Spartans. Um, Michigan State falls to 3-7 now. Of course, Ohio State undefeated still 10-0, like I said, on a collision course with Michigan for the end of the year. Biggest game in the Big Ten. Um, Here's all you need to know if you missed this game. Marvin Harrison Jr. Had an end around in the first quarter, touchdown. Had a... uh, (laughs) Had a, had a play where he ran like a, I'm not going to even call it a stop and go. It was more like a jab and go against a freshman defensive back from Michigan State. And the only reason I know that is because I was watching the game and they mentioned that he's being guarded by a freshman right before he got housed up. Um, So gets a touchdown there. And then in the second quarter, I believe it was, uh, runs a kind of a dig route, a little bit of a slam. I, I don't know what you guys want to call it, but it was. Towards maybe even a post. I guess I'll just call it a post. Runs a post route and uh, scores another touchdown. Three touchdowns in the first half. And uh, Michigan State had three points, period. I tweeted out that it looked like he was playing against seven-year-olds and uh, apologies to all the seven-year-olds because Michigan State looked that bad in the defensive backfield. A defense that really hasn't been terrible this year. They've been serviceable for a team that's three and seven, I guess. But I mean, it was all Ohio State I think still even though I'm mentioning Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, Travion Henderson's really been the most impressive player for me the last 2 weeks for Ohio State. He's looked really good. And you got to give some credit to the offensive line for Ohio State. They've been breaking open some holes for him, but when he gets the ball and he gets a crease, man, he's gone. Not and it's not like it's not like gone like he's for sure scoring a touchdown. I'm talking like he's hitting that crease hard and it's a first down, bang. And then whatever additional yards he can get because he's such a bruising running back. And then the next play, you give it to him again, he finds a crease, bang, another first down instantly. It just feels like the holes are so wide open for Ohio State, and uh, it's going to be really hard to stop them um, and their rushing attack. Another just convincing win from them. Uh, been really impressive this year and like really excited to see how they're going to finish the year, uh, just like I was kind of saying with uh, Michigan at the top of the show. All right. My power rankings. I didn't get this ready, so I hope that I can pull this up real quick. Let's see. Left. Where is it at? Give me just a second here. Where is it at? Did I take it off? Left monitor? Is this it? I don't even want to do this. It's going to mess up if I do it, so I'm just going to read it off. All right. Um. All right. I have uh, Michigan, number one. I've kept them there for probably the last six weeks. Ohio State, number two. Penn State, number three. Iowa, number four. Don't think that uh, anyone would be... I I heard some people saying that uh, Iowa shouldn't be that high. I don't get it. I don't get it. They've lost two games this year. So, shut up. Uh, Iowa, number four. (laughs) I have Northwestern up at number five. Um... There's a group of teams in the Big Ten right now that have five and five records. Northwestern's one of them. And uh, there's a second group of teams that are three and four in the conference. So you have to kind of take those two groups and blend them together because um, I have a team like Rutgers, for example, below them. And uh, Rutgers, uh, I'll get to Rutgers, actually. Let me just read my list off. Number six, Illinois number 7 uh which by the way Illinois back-to-back wins looking pretty pretty decent right now. I dropped Maryland down to number 7 even though they picked up a win, they just lost four in a row, so I had to drop them a little bit. Nebraska is probably the one if I if I had a redo, I might have moved them down a little bit because they lost to some bad teams. They lost to a uh, they <laughs> I mean I shouldn't say that Maryland I don't think Maryland's a bad team, but they also lost to Michigan State on the road last week, so that's tough. I just feel like I've seen a lot of good things from them throughout the year, but maybe maybe I'm just being a little bit biased. I don't know. I'm not biased because I'm not a Nebraska fan, but I don't know why. I don't know why I have Nebraska so high. I'll be I'll be frank with that one. Nebraska is such a wild card for me. Um, I do put Rutgers down at number nine, even though they have six wins. They've beaten Wagner this year. They've beaten Temple. Um, if you go back to September, their best two wins are Michigan State and Indiana, like I already mentioned. So. I, I just, I'm not sold on what they've been doing lately. You got shut out by Iowa. I mean, I know their defense is good, but if you're going to be a decent team in the big 10, you want to be in the top five or six, uh, score a point in Iowa city. Maybe Wisconsin just off the rails at this point. They're at number 10. Minnesota is the same boat. Number 11, Purdue at 12. Uh, probably the mo- like I said, most pushback I got because Purdue just scored 49 points on Minnesota. And, uh, my response to everybody on that is go look at the rest of their schedule. What else have you done this year? Not much. And I know you beat Minnesota. I know you beat Illinois, but if you look at the rest of my list, there are teams ranked that like Michigan state is ranked last Indiana's 13th, by the way. So that kind of completes the list in a long winded way. But um, Michigan state beat Nebraska last week. Should I put Michigan state in front of Nebraska? I don't think so. I think we got to consider the whole season, and Purdue fans have a very uh, short-term memory. I feel like when it comes on Twitter, when it comes to Twitter, at least we beat Minnesota and Illinois. Put us in front of them, no, not happening. Also, like I said, don't care. I just do it for fun. So, um, if you're getting that bent out of shape about it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Be back on Wednesday with a kickstart episode. Week 12 is coming straight at you, straight at you. It's not going to be as good as this week. I'll just say it right now. I think week 11 was the best week that we will have this year. The closest games, the best matchups, the most even matchups, with the exception of that primetime game. But uh, I just don't think week 12 will be that good. Uh, It'll be good. It'll be good, but it's not going to be that good, what we just saw this weekend. And then, like I said, on Friday, we'll be back with Bet Big, with B1G Wilson and Bet Big Brad. We will see you guys on... uh, Oh, this is my last update. I forgot to say this. I'm going to start doing basketball stuff. Hand up. Been a little bit busy. Um, Football still going. It's hard to do three. It's not hard to do three podcasts a week. I do that. I've been doing that regularly. That's pretty easy. But it's hard to add a fourth one or maybe even a fifth one when it comes to basketball, especially when the games at this point haven't really mattered. There's been a couple surprises. But uh, I'm planning to have a basketball episode out tomorrow, on Monday, November 13th. That'll be my first basketball episode, a little bit later than last year when I started, but uh, that's okay. That's okay.